This is the Ezra Podcast. Thank you for listening. Today we're going to talk about a UFC card. We're going to talk about a boxing card. We're going to just talk about fighting, and that's good because January started off to a very slow start. So let's just talk about fighting. That's what, always a good thing to talk about. In my opinion, that's all I talk about. Honestly, if I'm not doing this podcast, you think I just wouldn't talk fighting? No, I'd be talking to my wife and I'd just be talking fighting. She wouldn't be listening. She wouldn't care what I have to say, but I still talk about it. Right? My brothers call. You think we ask how we're doing and all that? No, no, no. We talk about fighting. That's what we talk about. So that's why I made a podcast. Because I was like, I already do this. Might as well send it to other people. So let's talk about the UFC card, right? Let's talk about Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikaze. And I put a little flavor on that last name. I'm not even sure that's how you pronounce it correctly. I mean, I've heard of people do it, but it's that much flavor? I don't know. That's a lot of flavor I put on it. Now, Calvin Cater, right, was on a good streak, kind of a dark horse in the division at 145. Um, what was so impressive was his boxing. And he looked to be maybe the guy that was going to sneak into a title shot, right? The guy that might even sneak into a title. Um, they was fighting tough guys coming up and looking impressive. But he ran into Max Holloway and maybe a lot of people didn't pick him to beat Max Holloway, but they expected it to be a tough fight, especially for Max that maybe could have been on the downside of his career, right? Just coming off of uh, two losses to Volkanovski. Uh, people had a question whether he would ever get back to the title shot picture, especially if he had to go through guys like Calvin Cater. When I broke down that fight, the one thing I saw, because the ideals of what I thought of Calvin Cater is he might be the best boxer in the UFC. As I broke down that fight, I realized that Max Holloway was actually a better boxer than Calvin Cater. I said that before the fight happened. Then the whole thing broke out, where Max Holloway yells at him in the middle of the ring that he's the best boxer in the UFC. Now, I was ahead of the game on this. I should have capitalized on that more, should have put more videos out. It's It's fine. But from that point, right, from that one fight, and because it was so one-sided, it was a beating that he took, people have lost all hype on him. People do not consider him, you know, a threat to the title. They don't consider him a dark horse anymore. And now he's kind of talked about like a, a gatekeeper. Now, I'm not sure he's there yet. I think that, yes, when you're fighting Max Holloway, he lost. But Max Holloway does this to a lot of people in this division. It really, to me, is a two-man division when it comes to Volkanovski and Max Holloway, and then there's a steep distance between the next challengers. Now, Giga thinks and showed maybe highlights of that he could get at that level, but he hasn't done it against a guy like Calvin Cater yet. He hasn't. And this is the ultimate test to see if Giga could look like what Max Holloway done. If Chizeski, Chiketa Zai, to Giga. <laughs> I, the thing is, I practice it. It's not that I didn't practice it. And I, when my dad listens to these and he's like, you got to practice these people's last names. I understand. But when you're in the middle of it and things are, are you know, they're shooting from the hip, sometimes you're going to stumble. I got to work through this one, right? Because I, I, I'd be lying if I said this one the first time I, uh, that I didn't, uh, I screwed this name up a few times and restart this podcast. I'd be lying if I didn't say this wasn't the sixth, seventh time I did this. So we're just going to call him Giga. But Giga wants to prove that he's at that level. He wants to show his greatness. He wants to, in the UFC, what you need to do is capture the momentum, right? Capture the, the crowd's imagination to earn that title shot. It don't matter. It could be number two, whatever. You Like, look at Leon Edwards. 
right? He looks like he might finally get a title shot, but he, he, how many fights has he had to prove, to, had a win to prove that he belonged there? Because he never really had that one impressive performance. This is Giga's chance, right? As a main event, um, this is his chance to prove that he is worthy of a title shot. But I think Kevin uh, Cater, this is his chance to prove that, hey, I, I may have took that loss, I learned from it, and I'm still the guy that you guys thought I was. I'm still that man. And I think that you're trying to, and we see this happen. Look at the Charles Oliveira, right? Look at Charles Oliveira. Look at Michael Bisping. These are guys that turn around their career. That And Calvin Kidder has one devastating loss to arguably the best guy in the division. So maybe it's not put hold that loss against him too bad, right? Now, there wasn't, like I said, when I saw him fight, and I saw when I when I watched him when I broke him down right because it's a difference from like when you just watch as a fan to actually like breaking down what you're seeing because when I saw him just as a fan right of just watching him and enjoying the fight he looked damn good he looked damn good with the hands the things I liked as he used his guard right and I'm talking about not on the ground I'm talking about standing up N- not used a lot in MMA is a guard to block punches and strikes it's not used a lot a lot of people said he couldn't use it because the shots sneak through now when I tear it apart and it looked at it, the problem is the shots do kind of sneak through and if you're gonna have the guard there's levels to having a guard right putting your hands up is good that's always going to be responsible with your hands always up it does prevent uh it do, will prevent cut down the big shots that are capable of landing but if you're not moving with the punches well then shots are going to start sneaking through and then your face will start falling apart and that's what happens to calvin uh calvin cater is it You'll see his face start feeling damaged because, yes, he has a guard up, but shots are, you're still feeling little brunt ends of the shots, or some of them are getting straight through clear. So he needs to add a little bit of head movement, a little bit of motion with it, so he can kind of roll off shots. You don't want to feel the brunt of them, even if it's just on the arms. Now, Giga's defense, it's a lot of moving around. He's very active as far as moving around, a lot of twitches, a lot of feints. Um, He'll switch stances. And he's looking to explode. He's looking. He's very fast with his strikes, uh, combinations. He's very fast twitch. And Calvin Cater's not that fast twitch, but he he could be consistent, right? He could be in good, put himself in good positions to where he could limit, you know, limit the effectiveness of what Giga's movement and give Giga's explosion. One thing I noticed about Calvin Cater is he's orthodox, right? But he will switch southpaw. But the offense diminishes very much when the southpaw stance. And he, honestly, a lot of times he switches the southpaw stance, he doesn't even do anything with it. And it comes to a point where it's not even a strategic move, it's just kind of like a twitch or a bad habit. He, to me, he shouldn't do it because he doesn't, I don't see anything effective coming off of that movement. Now, Giga will switch, but he will work off of it. I think that the, the one opening here that Qatar has, I think that's like the key one, and it's the one that's not just me seeing. I see a lot of people doing edits on Twitter about it and talking about it. Is Giga jumps in, and he, sometimes he'll sprint in, and uh, and when he gets in, he's wide open, or he's too much to one side, and he just completely lets his defense go because that's what he is. He's a sprinter. He's gonna bounce around and he's gonna sprint at you, and he's gonna count on that. He's gonna sprint on you one too many times, or you're gonna make a mistake, and he's gonna put you to sleep. That's what Calvin Cater could control the fight here because if he keeps a distance that sprint is going to come into a distance that he's very already set and comfortable he has to keep the distance he has to keep giga in a range where if he sprints he's walking into shots how does he do this well 
Calvin likes to keep a good distance. Naturally, he's pretty good at it. He has a good feel for it. I think when he switches stance, that's going to give up space because he's not going to be able to strike in that southpaw stance, and that's when Giga can sprint on him. Stay orthodox. Also, he has a jab. He has a good one, too. Keep that active. Every time Giga puts himself where he looks like he's going to sprint, right? Where he's looking like he's setting up some kind of twitch, some kind of, uh, sometimes, uh, some kind of kick, jab him. Jab him. Make him reset. Jab him. One, two, right? Mix it up. Now, what does Giga have to do? Well, Giga's got to capitalize when he turns southpaw. He's got to move him around, keep him unbalanced, right? Don't let him uh, stay in a spot, get the space, and then wait for you. No, keep him moving. Keep his legs moving. Because the thing is, Calvin Cater is, is, like I say, he's all right, right, with his boxing. But his legs will lose himself a little bit, and especially if he constantly keep him moving. He's going to be at points where he leaves him himself unbalanced, right, undisciplined. Also... Work off the arms. If he's going to block the shots, then give him two, three shots, right? Well, let's see if one sneaks in. If he's going to block the shots and he's not going to respond, then that's a punching back. Even if he's blocking them, it's still no consequence to you if he's doing that. Now, if this fight goes to the ground, I think that favors Giga. I'm, you know, not 100% sure on that. Uh... Giga has some submissions into his uh, into his game. A lot of his stuff is like he like you know will uh, pop into something and he'll make might catch the, catch the guy off guard. I think Calvin Caters might be a little too good to get caught in something like that. I think this is going to be an interesting fight standing up wise. But I think if Calvin Cater keeps the same mistakes and doesn't learn from the losses, Giga should win this fight. Um, just because. First of all, he, he's got momentum. He's riding high. He's this is probably the most confident he's been. He truly believes in everything he's doing. And Calvin Cater might not come in with that. He might come in second-guessing a few things. Especially with all the things I think he needs to fix. But if he doesn't, and he just goes to the jab and throws one-two and keeps a distance, right, and makes Giga rush in at a distance, right, make him sprint at a distance that you're able to see coming, you can have, he could be very effective in this fight. Especially when Giga comes in and his defense just completely disappears. I'm going to get in this fight, and I think it's going to be a third-round stop, a third-round TKO stoppage for him. I think the sprints, I think uh, the, the undisciplined legs in uh, Cater, I think it's all going to come out similar to the Max Holloway fight. Maybe not as effective as the boxing from Giga, but just the other things. Just the creativity, the confidence of what he's doing, and the rate of what he's doing, and the c- combinations put together. Not just one shot at a time. He's going to hit you. If he comes in, he you know, hits you with a punch, kick, and then back to a punch. He's very fluid with the combinations from punches to kicks. Like I said, the counter is always going to be the distance. He needs to keep that distance from Giga. If Giga gets in on him, if he wants to sprint in on him, make sure he's coming in through a right hand through a jab. Make him work for it. Make him pay for every time he makes that mistake. If Giga wins this fight, there's a good chance he gets fights. Uh, for the title now, Max always hurt. Does he get the title shot when he comes back? Now, who knows how long Max? Who knows how long Max Holloway's out for? It looks like uh, the Korean Zombies replacing Max Holloway versus Volkanovski. Giga's right there. With Max getting hurt, it complicates things a little bit. Whether he would be next or Max would be next, and then Giga would have to take another fight. But the oppressive win here. Might not be any denying him after that point, right? And there's already the the murmurs of hype behind him, right? There's already people saying like, hey, this guy is exciting. He's a feature. He has a very entertaining style to watch. 
He's got an interesting name. We got an interesting look. This guy, you know, he might just be catching right at the right time. Main eventing, UFC knows how to right to put him in the right time of the main event, where he just boom, perfect combination. He has oppressive performance, oppressive knockout, oppressive stoppage, and he's the next guy. There's no denying. That's a possibility. Okay. Also, this Saturday we have uh, Joe Smith Jr. Right? He was supposed to fight uh, Colin Johnson or Colin Smith. No, Colin Johnson. Supposed to fight someone, but that person got hurt, or no, that person got COVID, right? And that's going to happen, and that's the thing that we got to be uh, aware of is that we are in the middle of COVID spread like wildfire, and you're gonna you got to expect delays in fights. You got to expect uh, expect replacements, late replacements, and that's what we have in this fight: Joe Smith Jr. versus Stephen uh, Gafford, and. Uh, Steve Gefford is not an unskilled fighter. And it's not like, you know, they're just bringing in some local talent. No, this is this is a guy with, you know, skill. He has an amateur background. Uh, he was once signed a Golden Boy. He started off his career with two losses. And, of course, that a promoter's going to, you know, sour on you if you do that. Especially when you're a huge, you know, supposed to be the, the huge favorite in those fights. But... That, to me, shows perseverance, right? That he didn't get down himself. He hasn't lost since. He's uh, coming into this fight off a win streak, of course, because he hasn't lost since the first two fights. And he seems to be confident in his style. He was training for a fight. It's not like he's coming in out of shape. He was going to have a fight uh, the week before, last weekend. So now he fights a weekend after. So he's coming in shape. From what I see, the skill, he, he does, if he can fight where he wants to fight, which is on the inside... He could do good things. The problem is, there was a show box I did a, I did a uh, podcast on, and I went 0 for 3 in the picks. 0 for 3. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident when I pick things. I was way off on this one. And what, because I was off, and I'll tell you why. And it, I, took, I thought about it, and I was like, well, what, you know, what, what threw me off is these guys that I was judging had not fought top level fighters yet. So when you look at them on YouTube, right, and they're running through guys, and they're able to do all these uh, techniques, it's because they're fighting lower-level guys that are not making them pay for mistakes they're doing, so they feel like they're able to pull out the whole tool bag. When you get to a higher level, what, what some of these guys had to do is what they fought their opponents that were more comfortable at a faster pace, at that comp- at competitiveness at the top. They could not pull out the tools that I was seeing on in YouTube, right? I was seeing on these previous fights. So, Steve has not won a guy like Joe Smith before. He hasn't fought a guy like Joe Smith before. Even though I don't think the high, I don't think the highest of Joe Smith Jr., right? I don't. But I know that he's used to competing at that high level. Steve isn't. So, he's going to have to, the things that I see that he does positive when he's on the inside, he picks his shots. He goes to the body really well. He's very calm on the inside, very patient. But he's, Placing his shots, right? He's able to think clearly at that close range where, you know, a lot of action can happen very quickly, right? Is he going to be able to do that at that level with Joe Smith Jr., who is so damn experienced and so damn confident in what he's doing, right, in his ability? And Steve's never been at this level, never been at this speed, at this, you know, this much people watching on TV, main event. 
is he going to be clear-minded as he is that where he could apply all these techniques too? Where a guy that can make him pay, is he going to be able to apply the techniques that he's able to do with the other guys? I have my doubts. I don't think he is. That's usually why what happens in these fights. You see a guy and you be like, oh, he looks good in the highlights, but who's he doing it to? Because I don't know if he's going to do the Joe Smith Jr. Who personally doesn't mind that fight too. It's like it's not like a guy that's going to if a guy if this guy boxed right, and he was confident in boxing. I gave him a better chance against Joe Smith because Joe Smith struggles with leg movement. But he's going to go towards Joe Smith. That's where Joe Smith wants him. Now, I will say that Steve, to me, is a little bit tighter with the technique on the inside. Because Joe Smith kind of goes wide on the inside. His shots are very wide. There's a lot of meat on him. A lot of meat on the bone. If Steve can counter that, can be patient on the inside and, you know, draw Joe Smith out to be with his looping shots on the inside, he could really make him pay. He, He does have that capability. The problem is, like I said, the speed, uh, when he comes in, that mid-range is where Joe Smith is very good. Joe Smith has very long arms. He has a tight guard, but he has very the long arms help the tight guard, like we could write a little bit, where he kind of covers his whole body and head. You have to loop around his shots. Now, Steve could do that. He has the capability, but I'm just afraid of what the speed is and the power that Joe Smith had. I just don't think he has ever really seen anything like that. And had any success, shown any success at that level, I don't expect that. I think that when maybe this fight starts off a little bit competitive, right? Starts off like this could be a good fight, but I expect Joe Smith to land something big. And it's going to be in that mid-range. It's going to be when Steve either on the inside and somehow gets pushed back, or when he tries to step on the inside and he's in that mid-range part where Joe Smith will let go a double left hook. A, a big overhand right. And I think that he will hurt Steve. I don't think Steve will recover from it. And I think Joe Smith's not a bad finisher. Like I said, I'm not high on Joe Smith. People are trying to tell me that he has a a, a good resume. He doesn't. He Would he beat Fonfara, whose biggest win is, what, Chavez? Junior? At 170, uh, 175, 173? Who Chavez Jr. has never had any success at light heavyweight? Or is it Bernard Hawkins at 50 years old? Alvarez, okay, I'll give you that, right? Alvarez had a big win over Kovalev, right? A knockout victory. But remember, Kovalev also came back and won unanimous decision, right? No doubts about that. He came back and got it. Sometimes there's a slip-up. Then, okay, Joe Smith beats him. That was a surprise. No one had him big enough, but he beat him. But that's not a, that's, that resume isn't like, oh, wow, that's something. No, it's not. It's not that great, okay? So don't tell me that, oh, he, you know, his resume... Uh, you know, he could compete with uh, uh, Beardiviv and Bivol. No, stop. Okay, that resume doesn't mean that, right? That's not what that resume is telling me. Okay, there's a lot of, you could break down a lot of those wins, right? And have an obvious reason why the guy lost. If someone's going to lose this fight, it'll be a guy like Joe Smith. We're a late replacement. It would be a guy like Joe Smith because he has obvious flaws to his game. Luckily with Joe Smith, and I think that's, uh, with the prom- the promoter saw this and the matchmakers, is this Steve fights the way Joe Smith wants to fight? And if he, if you could get the fight close range, mid range, Joe Smith's gonna show some is gonna have some success in the fight, and it gets a guy that's never felt this maybe this level of fighting. I think he could look pretty good in it. I'll take Joe Smith to get the KO around the fourth round, fourth third third fourth round. I think that. Uh, it could be competitive to that point, right? It could be interchanged to that point, but like I told you, the confidence of Joe Smith knowing what he wants to do in there, it's 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 gonna be a factor.
The counter is get on the inside for Steve Gafford. Joe Smith, like I said, on the inside is not the most technical puncher. Make him pay for his mistakes. Be patient on the inside. Don't be panicky and, you know, stay aware because if Joe Smith lands on you, he could put you out. So definitely your chin's going to be tested. If your chin can hold up, if he can stay calm and he can make him pay for those wide shots, right? And Steve does have his repertoire to be able to do that. It could get interesting. I'm just, the speed of the, the speed of the fight is what concerns me. I think, a, I think the UFC card is going to be, you know, pretty good. And especially because we've been craving a UFC card, right? Craving an MMA card. I'm excited to have that back. This boxing card, you know, you have some prospects, guys coming out, contenders. Joe Smith could be, you know, don't be surprised if he gets a Canelo fight. You know, I mean, I know Canelo's supposed to be fighting Charlo. I think that's going to happen. I don't expect him to be at 168 long. I think he moves a light heavyweight. Don't be surprised if his first fight is Joe Smith. There's a lot riding on the on this victory for Joe Smith because it's either Canelo or Beertivith, but there's a big fight they're waiting and he cannot afford to slip up he needs to cash in especially Joe Smith right later in his career this is the point where he could cash in thank you guys for listening this has been the S-Rock Podcast